2020 changed the trajectory of my life forever. I was 24, succeeding in a job that offered huge financial reward, yet I was unhappy and unfulfilled. My chronic illness, cystic fibrosis, had caused my lungs to bleed and it left me in a hospital bed. Now I left that job and created this podcast and I left that hospital bed to run marathons and prove that we aren't defined by our circumstances, but rather how we respond to them. On this show, we discuss the adversity that my guests and I face and how we overcome that adversity. This is a lot to talk about. G'day, g'day. Welcome back to another episode of A Lot To Talk About. It is your boy, the captain of the ship, the man in charge, Bradley J. Jarabra. Of course, you can call me Brad. Blessed to be here with one of my best mates, um, a man who I actually met sitting here in these two seats. Well, not these two exact seats, but two seats similar to them in this exact lounge room about a year and a half ago now and shooting a pod and he's become a great friend. He's become someone who I see very consistently maybe sometimes too consistently. Under sufferance. Um, <laughs> but no, it's a pleasure to be here. Zach Lomax, Dragons Star Centre. Um, talk of the town at the minute, which we'll get into, but I'm just a very good friend and a guy that I I go to for, for positive vibes, for good feedback, for genuine, real, honest conversations, and that's what we hope to do here today. Yeah, it's... it's um, geez, you've nailed, that, you've nailed that intro all the time, eh? It's... Um the captain of the ship that's that's debatable depends how you look at it um but geez you've had a few of them them nowadays haven't you the big boy but um 100 yeah good to have you back it um we're only just saying when you first got here it um it feels like a long long time ago now because there's been you know we pretty much catch up every day if not every second Mm. day so um time flies huh 100 percent, it does and you know the funny thing is like i've i've said to a lot of people one of the things that I love about the podcast is you meet people who come on as a guest because you sit down and the first conversation you ever have with someone on a podcast is it's usually deep. Well, that's a way that this show show rolls and those deep conversations tend to forge better relationships. But particularly with you, I would call most of the people who've come on the, the show friends or acquaintances, but particularly with you, I think we connected on that like mindedness of, you know, the love for family, the passion to, continue to be better and develop as men and you know a couple of years between us but it feels like we're on very similar trajectories in life but just in different areas in different fields you know yeah absolutely it, it clicked it, it clicked pretty like straight away hey 100 like, i mean it was funny um how it come about when remember when you first <laughs> when you actually first messaged me um and then it only took me a couple of days to get back to you, but... Oh, bullshit. <laughs> it took this bloke six months to get back to me. So long so that uh, I actually kind of had forgotten that I'd reached out to him until I took a minute to think, why do I have a DM from Zach yeah, Lomax? Oh, shit, I reached out to him ages ago, back in COVID times, and we eventually made that chat happen. And, you know, really, you've robbed yourself of an extra six months of friendship. So, yeah, it was actually... Know. You know what? It's actually funny because I remember <laughs> I was actually... And I only told you the other day yeah <laughs> but i remember <laughs> and we used to go down to myself and a couple other boys used to go down to um to north beach there at, at diggies and, and grab a coffee in the morning always used to see your yourself always be popping up wrapped in a tr sometimes you had the that um the heart rate monitor on you're always smiling waving kissing babies patting dogs <laughs> oh 
it was always something happening. We always used to just go, who is this bloke? And we, <laughs> and we oh, there was one of the boys that were actually sitting with us and we used to take take the piss out of him thinking that you were best mates because he actually knew you and yeah. he used to come up to us a few times and say hello to him. And so we used to sort of take the piss. But it's funny, uh, you know, things happen. I personally thought you were a bit of a loser, but <laughs> <laughs> it, um, yeah, it's funny. The ball, the ball's, um, yeah. I guess it's changed and it's done a whole 180 and now we're best mates, as I said, under sufferance sometimes, but it is what it is. It's funny how, <laughs> you know, we spoke about when you shared that story, I found it hilarious and we spoke about first impressions are not always the correct impression, right? And, you know, just to tell a little side story, one of my other really good mates, Joey Dixon, who's actually coming over for dinner tonight. <laughs> Joey, um, he recalls walking past me every morning through COVID and just saying, fuck who's this dickhead with a leopard print hair like I, <laughs> if anyone's followed me for a while i used to have leopard print hair around the back and sides mm. a bit of a dennis rodman inspiration off the yeah. back of the last dance and and then he met me a couple of weeks later and he recalls going home and going you know that dickhead with a leopard print hair fuck what a good bloke <laughs> so you know first impressions can be deceiving but yeah. um enough of the side stories we're here today to to talk a little bit of life and, and some mindset stuff and you know really excited for this particular chapter of the pod this will actually be the first episode of season four you know we're entering a new season of the pod it's you know three and a half years now and in, in the running fun. and it, it's cool because i feel like i've really found my way found my path which is you know there are so many men within that mid-20s to mid-30s range who are at that point in life now that we're at where you know you've got some goals you want to move towards and and conquer You've got direction, vision for your life. You, you know who you are or you're, you're at least figuring out who you are and you're like, what do I want from my life and how do I get there? And, you know, I know who I am. I know what I want from my life and I'm trying to figure out that third piece of the puzzle. Like, how do I get there? How do I piece together those missing pieces of the puzzle so that my life looks like what I want it to look like? And, you know, it's, it's just very exciting for us to be able to sit down and have these conversations as mates consistently and, you know, this morning I got here a little bit earlier. We walked down to have a coffee before we sat down to do this. And we spoke about Jalen Hurts, you know, mm. Philly Philly Eagles quarterback. And he's a man who just drops inspirational bomb after inspirational bomb. And, yeah, I've... you know, that quote that we were reflecting on where he's like, my favorite verse from the Bible is John 13, 7. You may not know now, but later you'll understand. And And I feel like that's very relevant to where we're at both now in our lives, if I can speak for you too, where it's like, just trying to figure out how to get to that next stage to conquer some of those goals and, and knowing full well that later on we'll be able to look back at the picture and go, yeah, I understand it clearly now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's sort of gone through a bit of a funky situation at the moment where, you know, I wasn't picked in the NRL team. Um, we're going through where, where we've had a... Obviously, there's a fair bit going on with their coach at the moment. He just um unfortunately got the sack yesterday and so it's it doesn't mean ideal at the at the at the club at the moment but i mean on a more speaking on myself on a personal level yeah it's it's funny you say that that verse but it's so true for me it's like it'll it'll all happen how it's supposed to happen and i just feel like over the last i guess few weeks it's been it's been so good for me and I've and I've absolutely enjoyed I've obviously when I first got told the news it wasn't didn't sit too well with me but I've grown so much as a person and 
and it really makes you realize the, the people that that sit around you and i feel my my circle is 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 nice and tight at the moment and it's and it's only gotten smaller and and i feel for me it's been the best thing for me like i mean i probably deal with the same amount of people every day it's like only a select few in regards to you know yourself i got a couple other mates i talk to religiously every day and obviously my mum and dad like so i'm super blessed in that in that regard but for me yeah it's gonna happen the way it's gonna happen it'll 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 be the way it's supposed to be and for me as long as i'm just i'm i'm working hard and i'm and i stay dedicated it'll, it'll all happen the way it's supposed to happen and i've believed in that forever and i feel that you know it it, it will be the ball will bounce my way and as long as I just keep believing in that and keep sticking to the same process, I'm re- I'm so confident that it's gonna it's gonna come out the right way. And um, as I said, having having an, like good support network around you is is the best thing to be able to go through tough times. We were speaking about it at coffee this morning that that last peak of a mountain, like when you're working your way up and Absolutely. you know you've come through so much to be who you are, where you are. And you're looking at the peak of the mountain and you can see it and you can you can know full well that you have everything within you to get to that peak. But it's often that last little climb that's the hardest. The, and it's yeah. you know, the little landslide that sets you back a little bit and you know, just just sort of chips at you a little bit. It chips at that confidence and it makes you question things or it makes you have to pivot and move and yeah. change the way that you look at that next piece of the puzzle. You know, personally I know that in my life right now there are some goals and some things that I'm trying to achieve that I know I'm so capable of. But when life isn't going to plan, it can really test you and challenge you. And I know one of the things that we speak about consistently is just controlling the controllable. Like what is within my control, what isn't, and if it isn't, brush it to the side. But when things are in turmoil, like when that news comes out that you've not been selected in the side, obviously emotion comes to the surface because... You know, emotion's important too. You know, it's easy for the media or people on the outside to say, I shouldn't be emotional in that situation. But of course you are, because you care. Yeah, of course. You know, so how do you then find yourself in a place where emotion is the first instinct and the, and the first reaction? But then how do you go, okay, I'm going to get myself back to that place of steady thought, breathe first, control the controllable? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's 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 easy. You can sort of find yourself go down a bit of a rabbit hole if you start to think about, and you and you can you can go through and you can dissect it, and you know you can you can start to spend so much time and energy towards it, but it just doesn't help in any way, shape, or form. And I find the best thing for me was just to hang around good people all the time. And you know, it, I guess by being around good people all the time, then they're not so much feeding you stuff that you want to hear it's it's just about being there for a person to you know talk to it I guess at the same at the same time but for me it was just yeah there was so many things that I couldn't couldn't control that were out of my control the only thing that that I just stayed and kept at the front of my mind is it's gonna it'll happen it'll happen the way that it's supposed to happen but for me it's like what what can I learn from it how can I grow more as a as a human being and and I guess for me the thing that I've taken out of it is just by being patient and that's something that I that I don't have my patience as as you know I'm not a patient person so for me it's just by understanding 
to be patient, let things happen the way that they're supposed to, but in the same time, staying as consistent, try not to lose any confidence and staying dedicated at the same point in time. And I feel that I've been able to do that and it's def- it's made me a way better man, absolutely. Like, I mean, you can... It was... I could have taken it both ways and I could have let it affect me and get me down and, and you know, throw my toys out of the cop. But I've um, I've really embraced it and being able to go home and spend time with family, it's it's one that I don't really get to do often. You actually you actually went out in tomorrow over, over the weekend so and I, I went back there the week before and it was so good to get back home and just be around, as I said, people that you love and people that you spend most time to respect the most and... It was so good. It put it puts it more into perspective, I guess, a little bit more. Where there, there's a lot more to there's a lot more to life than just worrying about a game of footy, which doesn't mean that I don't care for any in any way, shape, or form. But it puts it into perspective a little bit more. One hundred percent, it would. And you know, I think families are families always a really important tool and a powerful tool in just grounding yourself, getting yourself back to where you know you've got to be to go and succeed. And you know, we speak about it a lot and one of the gems out of the first episode that we ever did together on the pod was you talking to your old man and your old man saying, you know, you'll play your best footy when you've got a smile on your face. Yeah, of course. You know, I have to ask, you know, you've gone through this phase where you come into rugby league as like, you know, you see all the comments, the chosen one, right, which is, which is cool to hear, right, and you come into the game and there's some expectation, but there's but there's not a lot because you're a first-year rugby league player, you're a rookie, you're a guy who's stepping into a squad with a bunch of the old boys who have been there and done that. And you really show that you've got that silky skill and you've got the capability to come and perform in the top grade. I have to ask you, do you think that this point in time, this little chapter right now that we're in, this season, has this been the hardest part of your rugby league career because of that expectation after a few really good years? Yeah, I think so. Like, I mean, it 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 definitely. Like, I mean, it definitely knocked me about. Absolutely, I mean, but for me coming into coming into grade, I, I base my game off effort. Your p- potential, and I guess having having a lot of ability that comes with it. It's like there's a lot of players now that have so much potential and ability and you know I guess the strike across the game now with so many different players and teams for me I never ever have worried about that I've just I've just tried to base all my game off effort I've tried to base every single game off that about competing on every play competing on every kick trying to score and and it's probably got me into trouble a lot of the time like trying to score I've probably tried to score on too many plays but that's the way that I've always played mm. I've always played that from a young fella it's like right how can I score this play how can I score there what can mm. I do here to to you know make a line break do this do that you know what I mean I'm, I'm always thinking like trying to compete and and do what's what's best for the team in regards to there's probably been times where I'm thinking what's best for the team, but it hasn't been what's best for the team, if you know what, if you yeah, know what I'm trying okay, to say. Yeah. So in regards to that, I've always just based my game off effort. And it's like sometimes when you when you put yourself in the picture so many times and you put yourself in the right spot, a lot of the times by competing, the ball bounces your way sometimes because if you're in there more more times than not, the ball just 
it ends up just finding you. So, I mean, that that's the way that, you know, I don't want to be known as the player too that's that's got potential and, you know, he's he's skillful, he's got the, all these attributes. Like, I want to be known from my teammates as and people that have coached me and played with me as he's just that prick that just will not fucking die. He's that yeah. prick that will just go and compete on everything. When the ball goes up, you know, Lowy's going to go and contest on it. And good things happen around him. You know what I mean? That's the player that that I've always wanted to be, even coming into grade. Like, I mean, yeah, as I was saying, you know, that you can have all the skill in the world, but, like, that's never what I've based my game around. Mm. And it's always been what my old man has driven into me about, mate, you just give 100% all the time. And that, that's every session. You know, that's it all away from footy. That's, But every game, it's you play with a smile on your face, but you enjoy it by competing. That's how you get your rewards. Yeah, so I, that's I the way that. that I've always been about it. Do you think in that in that respect that the game becomes more mental than physical then? Yeah, which is sometimes, absolutely. Like, oh, oh with, without a doubt, the game is 1 million percent mental, I feel. Like, you look, at, you look at every single team in the NRL, you look at every single team in the NBA, NFL, any different, any profession, they're all big, athletic, powerful, fast, mobile humans. So they're all freaking natures, you know what I mean? Like every everyone is is gifted in their in their own way and there's not much there's not much different between all of them. Like in our team there's so many big bodies there, but mentally is everything. Mm. Like and you look at I guess all these different players or different positions, halfbacks have a lot more a lot more on their plate, fullbacks have a lot more on their plate. As a center, you got things that you need to nail too that are different to what a what your front rower needs to nail. So it's always different. Every there's so many different aspects that happen all the time. But mentally, it is or it's it's everything for me. For me, it's it's got a lot more to do mentally. Because you know, I was listening to a podcast yesterday, and for the life of me, I can't remember the fella's name, but. He's a big name in sort of the health and training space for a lot of professional athletes. And he was speaking about the fact that, you know, back in the day, you used to talk about like outworking in the gym or outworking in practice. But a lot of the time now, it's less about outworking and on the field and outworking in the areas that you know you can win up on other people because most people are putting in a lot of work. Like most guys, like you said, are lifting heavy in the gym, running plenty, keeping their fitness up. It's about how can you outwork someone mentally in your recovery in those little 1% areas that some people neglect. And, you know, I know we have a lot of conversations about the mental. For me, I've identified in my life I'm better when I'm mentally sharp. Like when I'm actually taking time every day and spending that time on my mindset. We spoke about it this morning, like wanting to read a little bit more again. We spoke about it yesterday, journaling. You know, getting back into those spaces where you're creating an environment for yourself to mentally thrive. What are the things for you that are the call to action when you feel like the mental needs to sharpen up a little bit or or just maybe even the daily things that you're spending your time on that make you mentally sharper and then allow you to compete? I think for me, it's like not worrying about things that I can't control because can, you can easily get hung up on that. Mm. And a lot of the time it's, I worry about so, a lot of the time is 
well, I'm putting in all this effort, but we're not getting the rewards for the effort that we're putting mm. in. And sometimes it might not look that way, but it's, you can control what you can, you can only control what you can control. You know what I mean? So I guess it's the effort that I put in leading up to the game, which is everything that I'm doing back here. So you talk about your journaling and it's like understanding things that you're grateful for. I feel like that that helps me so much. It's your, your, your stretch and your recovery that you're doing away from it. I, I try and keep in contact with my family as, as often as I can and that, that helps me tick as well. So it's, everyone's, everyone's different, but for me it's the, mind, the mindset is my recovery a lot of the times because I guess during, during the season... Like your body's just on a different level sometimes, meaning it's seriously banged up and yeah, like not being able to. We we're talking about actually LeBron James just before watching the basketball descent. Like he spends millions of dollars a year on it. I mean, For sure. ideally I would too if I was getting paid as much as him. But <laughs> yeah, so for me, just trying to have a routine for me in regards to recovery, keeping in touch with the people that I'm close with all the time about, you know, if they think that I can improve on on some things. Um, but for me, that's the thing that, that helps me the most is by keeping in touch with them and nailing my recovery a lot of time, especially when it gets to the back end of the season. You know, it's hard. You spoke there before about, like, you can overthink when you're not getting the results. I know that as a player at the Dragons right now, you're not happy with how the season's going. But, you know, there were like six games there back to back where, or particularly four of them, where you're in it until the last minute. Like yeah. you're losing by a point against the Chooks, a couple of points, whether it be four points, two points in a few of those games. They're neck and neck. It's easy to look at those results as a fan when like your heart's in it and you're like, oh, I want the boys to be winning and be disappointed. But when it's that close against some really good quality outfits, when it's that close, sometimes it's not too much about the result. Like the effort's there. It's something that maybe just takes a little bit of time for the execution to come into play. To go back to Jalen Hurts, you know, he spoke about Super Bowl. He's like, I don't put too much emphasis on results. Yeah, of course they're important. It's a business. Of course I want to win games of football, but it's like I had a purpose well before anyone had an opinion. Yeah. It's like knowing that purpose to come and be better every day to work on that game now, that doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. You know, don't go from Z to A in the space of a day. Yeah. It's a matter of like patience, persistence, and continuing to rock up, continuing to know what that purpose is and what that shared purpose in a team perspective is. And for me, yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, we, we had a few games where we lost by, you know, obviously a small margin, which hurts and deflates you a lot, but... For me, it was not letting that discourage you, which is so easily, you can easily let that come into into play when it's only by such a small margin and you know you're giving everything to it. But it's, going back to what I was saying earlier, it, it happens the way it's supposed to happen and and it can be discouraging at, at some points and it feels like, for us, because we've been like it for a few years now where, it's been hard to, and we haven't been seeing results. But it's definitely made me the person that I am today. Like, For sure. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't regret anything. For me, I've been able to meet so many new, um, beautiful people over my time 
coming in and out of out of footy and I've learnt so much as a footy player and as a rugby league player and it's taught me so many life lessons. I mean, I moved away from Tomorrow when I was 15, moved away from yeah, my hometown at, at a young age, went to a different school, moved away from friends and, and family and and that's what I, that was all I knew back there. I was so comfortable back there and but to come down here and and to be able to do something that you love and go and move away from things from what you know being a little country boy like we had the same 20 people in our year going to having more people in my year down here than our whole school it's um it's an eye opener but but at the end of the day it's it's a game and yeah we absolutely bust our ass every single day of training all year pre-season off-season like for it but at the end of the day we're trying we're you're busting your absolute ring off for it you know what i mean and, sure. and you're giving you're giving your absolute all for it but yeah and it can be deflating at sometimes let me tell you because it absolutely plays on your mind a lot it's as i said like as most rugby league players will tell you it's the emotional roller coaster and but it all happens for a reason it teaches you lessons every game and it's you reassess you understand as to why where things could have gone wrong where you can where you can understand and go better but for me i've learned that just working hard being dedicated things will pay off the way that they're supposed to happen it'll all happen how it's supposed to happen and i live by that definitely you know for me the three things that i really focus on that are in my control every day or we're not even on an everyday level but on a life level on a yearly level the things that i look at are my beliefs you know like what you believe is what you become i'm big on that Second one is my actions, you know, like how am I showing up in the world? I can have all these beliefs, but if I don't act accordingly, I'm not the man that I say that I am. The third thing is my perspective. And if we go to that third thing, perspective, you know, you're talking about coming from a great family, having great people around you, coming into the NRL at an early age. There's a lot of wins there, right? There's a lot of wins on the board. I think this stage, this challenge, these things that aren't necessarily going to plan, the things that maybe the, the outsiders would brand as failures or things gone wrong are so important. It's a reason why I've said in my life, I come from the best family and I've had the most amazing upbringing, the most amazing people in my life. I went to a great school, you know, I come from a real middle-class family where I never went without. The greatest thing that has ever happened to me, the greatest lesson I could have ever learned was being born with cystic fibrosis because it meant that some shit was going to go wrong. And what I've learned from things going wrong, from the adversity I've had to face, has made me not only humble as a man, if I can say that about myself, I hope that I can, I hope that people back me up on that. The thing that it's taught me is that everything in life is earned through persistence, hard work, that fight, and understanding that, you know, nothing in life comes easy if it's worth having. And I think in a similar regard, you're going through this stage now where Things haven't gone right, but they've gone wrong for a reason because there's lessons to be learned. You know, you spoke about, and I agree with you, being a better man today than you were a couple of weeks ago because of what you've had to go through. Man, we learn things from these lessons and, and these lessons are so important in informing us as men in life. And, you know, I'm big on that now. Like, what kind of man do I want to be? You know, I've got a partner I love and I want to show up and, and be great in my relationship. I want to have kids. In the next couple of years, I want to be someone who can provide for his family, who can show up on a shit day and still be positive and, and smiling and make sure that that 
challenge or that adversity doesn't rub off on my kids or my family and doesn't rub off on the people that I love. And, you know, when I get a call from you to say, hey, I need help with X or, you know, call from another mate and say, I need help with Y, I want to be able to show up and be a good mate. And I think it's these moments, these challenges that teach us the lessons we need to go and do that in life. Absolutely. And, I mean, as you were saying before, like, I mean, with, with footy, yeah, we haven't got the results that we would have had liked to over the last few years absolutely but that's through no lack of trying let me tell you and but there's no way in the world that I'm going to let that affect me in regards to the way the man that I am like it's it's only shaped me into the man that I am in in a positive way and it's all going to happen the way that it's supposed to happen and I believe in that a million percent but it's as I as I was saying I'm, I'm not it won't let me it won't deter me away from working hard staying consistent and but it can it can easily affect you when you feel like you're already doing that stuff but you're getting zero reward for it it's it can be it can become deflating it sometimes but going back to me saying before having the right people around you and the right support team with you and family and I've been blessed with the with the ideal mum and dad as well and and I'm super thankful for that but I'm just trying to stay as consistent as I can and not not feed any energy into the negative the negativity that that comes with it because let me tell you you can dig yourself down a big black hole when you when you read into it and and you actually buy into it give it energy because Jesus I guarantee if you looked up right now there'd be there'd probably be 10 12 articles that have been written this morning since or since me and you have been mm. here so it's there's always something going on i keep my i keep myself surrounded by beautiful people that have great energy and they 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 keep me grounded and i just try and stay as dedicated and consistent as possible that's what i focus on from a day to day you know talking about surrounding yourself with good people i want to hit you with a hypothetical here right You've got a beautiful home here, big dining table over there. Let's say you're hosting that dinner party. You get to invite. I'm going to give you three people and I'd love to hear at least two athletes. You're inviting to that dinner table to sit down and not just to talk, but like most people, I'll preface this with most people wouldn't know the sort of conversations. I think they can imagine you're in the footy world, you know, the people listening or you know, fans of the Dragons, they go, Zach's in the footy world. They must sit down at coffee and talk about footy. We never talk about footy. Never. Like we might talk about it's it for 30 it's seconds funny, at the start funny. of people, coffee. People asked me and even the other day, I was like, I can't remember who I was around, but they were like, oh, how much? Actually, I was, I was down having a hit of golf and this this fella come up to me and said, oh, do you want to have a round of golf with me? And I was like, yeah, buddy. I like went, for, yeah. went for a round of golf with him and he goes, oh, and this is after I'd found out everything with footy and he goes, oh, do you ever watch much footy? Away from footy, I'm like, no, <laughs> not much at all. Like, so very, very rarely, yeah, do I watch footy away from footy. And But it's funny, yeah, I mean, you and I never really talk about footy. It's only like, oh, you, yeah, what's training like? Checking after you know? the game or yeah. what's on today. And I think it's always about mindset. So when we come back to that question, you could invite three people to your home for dinner to sit down, preferably two athletes and, and one other, to talk about the things that you feel like are going to be important for you to make that next leap, to take those next steps in life. 
and to achieve what you really want to achieve, who would those people be? I know we are talking about it a little bit earlier, but for me, and it really comes to my mind now, is athlete-wise, Mike Tyson. He would mm. be... I would love to sit down and pick his brain about things. Obviously, his... You talk and you say... People have said, I've got potential. You've got a lot of skill. Blah, blah. And he was, he was that exact person. But he achieved everything at the highest highs from the youngest youngest of age. And he went through it all and then went to prison. He's been in and out. Had everything. Would have, would have seen the everything that life has to offer. So he would know exactly what really, really matters the most in life. He's experienced the highest of everything. Mm. And for him, he's he would really know and to be able to ask him the question that really makes him tick at the moment or after he's been through it all, what really matters to him and, and what actually matters in life he feels at the moment. It's funny you say, Mike, because that's not a name that we've spoken about recently. No. But I seen a clip the other day from his podcast, Hot Boxing, and I think it was with um, is it Eden Britton, the guy that he used to do the show with the co-host and they were talking the, the about the bloke that's got the real deep voice yeah, yeah. he's got, a, he's got a, like a sexy yeah. man voice on yeah and um they were talking about sort of the man that mike is now and he was saying you know i used to be a great man or i used to want to be a great man but great men aren't often good men you know yeah. saying that when you're trying to achieve greatness there's a level of selfishness a level of almost narcissism that comes into play with your personality where it's all about you. But to be a good man in life, you have to be more selfless and, and it's a difference. And he's like, you know, now I'm trying to be a good man. And he's like, it's, it's hard for me because I was that great man for so long. I was that warrior in the ring. And in the, in the clip, he's actually tearing up. Yeah. Talking about yeah. the man that he used to be and like, and it sounded so destructive, like to be that guy that goes in and is so relentless it's something as a society that we can look at and appreciate, but you don't know what goes into it. Like to be that guy in the ring, it's easier to sit on the outside and watch Mike Tyson box people's heads off. Yeah, of course. But to be that guy in the ring, you don't know what's going on in the head and, you know, maybe not what the fans of sport want to hear, but I think, you know, we have to remember that these people are human. Like yeah, it's, of course. It's been so interesting yeah. for me to become great mates with you and, to become great mates with Block as well and and see these guys who my only interaction with prior to starting a podcast was, you know, these guys are athletes. But then to see the real human side and the fact that like, you know, you still want to be a great partner. You still want to be a great son, a great brother, you know, a great man, a great friend. And to do that, like it, you can't be relentless in every area of your yeah. life. You know, so I think Mike's yeah. a, re a really great example of, the fact that he's had to pivot at some point, you know? Yeah, he'd be the man to interview, bro. Like, Love probably his voice through too. the ringer, too. Yeah. But. Who's number two? Still sports? Yeah, give me another athlete. I'd have to go probably LeBron. Like, he's just done it forever and ever. And just to see what, what makes him tick while still competing at the highest of levels at the moment just to see how he goes about it. He's got three kids, 
had kids at a young age, um, has obviously a wife and just to see how his body still ticks at almost 40, like, yeah, it would be um, unreal to really see how he, how he still goes about his ways. You know, the thing I love about Bron is you never read anything that makes you think less of his character. Obviously, the media is going to sell stories yeah. and tell stories and put stuff out there that isn't real, but you never hear anything that makes you question the, like the kind of man he is, you know, yeah. talking about being a good man. And there was something the other day, I think it was one of the first games, maybe game one or two of their win against um, Golden, State. Golden State. And he was talking about being in the sheds just before he started warming up, watching Bryce play, his son, his youngest son. He's like, I watch the first 40 minutes of Bryce's game. And someone yeah. directed a question to him in the presser. That's and sick. he changed the topic and went to like, oh, you know, watch the first 40 minutes of my son's game. And like, you know, that really got me in a good place to come out and play some really good basketball tonight. And I'm like, that's a that's a guy who has the world at his fingertips, who is so esteemed and respected in his sport, who's in that question of the GOAT yeah. in basketball. But he's remained a really good man, a really good family man. A, yeah. a guy who's not just talking about his family. You can genuinely see he's spending a lot of time with his family. And fuck, I respect that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, to be multifaceted like that, to be a pluralist, like to put so much focus on so many really important areas of your life and to execute well in all of them. He's like a man who knows his purpose. He knows his direction. And the thing that I find like so fascinating about him at the moment, like since since I've always been a fan of him, the thing that I find most fascinating is his passion still for it. Like it's, he's done everything in the game, mm. but he still turns up all the time he dedicates so much time to it, even everything away from the field. It's like, why is his mentality still like a like a young lion? You know what I mean? And still that's hungry. what I, yeah, that's what that's what I admire so much. To to quote once again, one of the most inspirational characters on the planet at the minute, Jalen Hurts. I seen another video the other day where he was saying that one of his coaches said to him, you know hungry dogs run faster and he's like man i'm not hungry i'm fucking starving for this mm. and you know that's that young lion mentality right like yeah. you you want it so bad that you work for it you know you do everything to to make sure that you're moving in that yeah. direction and it's it's inspirational to see someone who remains so passionate after so long in that space a space that can be incredibly rewarding but as you know in your sport it can also be incredibly fucking tough when things aren't going to plan and you know, he, he's had his seasons that aren't great and he's had his challenges with his body at stages, but he finds a way to, to always come back with that same passion and mentality. What do you think that is? Where does that come from? Like that continued passion, that fire's always burn. And is that... I think just wanting to be the best. It's just... And it's Don't, not leaving a stone unturned. Like, I mean, that's just the competitive nature. It's like wanting to be the best. Absolutely. Like, I mean, that's like... I mean, not everyone's like it. Absolutely not, because I've had a heap. I've I've had a heap of different, different like mates over the years that are just even in all aspects of life, like with different jobs and with that. But I mean, it's it's just wanting to be the best at whatever whatever he is. Like I may, I'd imagine he'd be the same with any any kind of sport or profession he's in. Like I mean, them, them traits aren't built i feel like they're in your dna 
Mm. You t- yeah, you tend to pick that up. The Like, you know, we've spoken about it on our second app that we've done together. We're like Joshy and Jimmy. Like, you were this competitive little fucking child that wouldn't let anyone <laughs> beat him, you know? And like, it's oh. that it's that ingrained in you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting question whether that can be taught, that hunger. I think it comes from a... I don't know that it it can't be developed later. My thought is maybe that it takes certain things, certain things in your life, certain experiences to develop it. Yeah. Because I would say that I lost it for an element of my life. Like I was a really competitive young kid because I understood that I had to work harder than anyone else to be great at the things I'd done athletically because of my CF. And so I worked my ass off. Like I trained so much as a kid and I trained really hard to win state championships when I was sprinting and doing that stuff. And then... I got a little bit complacent in life when I got sort of to my, my 20s, my early 20s, and I lost that. But then when I started to have some hardship again, like when my health was really testing me and I was in hospital and, you know, and there were some grim diagnoses for infections and the fact that some of them could have been fatal or, you know, the bleeding in the lungs and the question of whether you were going to live, you know, those sort of things sort of lit that fire in me again. Mm. I think sometimes life experiences can light that fire. Yeah, that's really fair. But it's interesting because I think a lot for a lot of people it is inbuilt. It's in their DNA. Jeez, I was a sore loser when I was younger. So, Fuck, so for, was I. for I'd me, hey, when the Chooks lost, jeez, as a kid, like, oh. and I'm not even in that game. When the Chooks lost, I'd cry. It was almost like him. I look at it and I just go, "Jeez." It was almost a little bit embarrassing. Like I throw, <laughs> <laughs> but I throw tantrums and oh, like it's funny. You go back and you're watching. You're watching like tape of when I was younger and I was playing I was playing footy back home in Tamora and so you you're watching tape of you playing younger footy and I'm like they're sitting after a try has been scored against so I'm sitting there I just throw the towel in and I'm just so filthy but you know it's it's made me the person that I am like it's that's it's what that's who I am now like but you look back at it and you go. Jeez, that's embarrassing. <laughs> Jeez, I wish I didn't act like that. But I'm like, that's got me to where I am today. For sure. Like, without a doubt, me having that hunger and that drive and that passion for wanting to be the best has got me to where I am. No, like, yeah, without a doubt. Like, and it's probably my best trait, to tell you the truth. Mm. That competitiveness, that drive. Yeah. And it's, yeah. It absolutely annoys the shit out of so many people that I'm like it. But, I mean, it's good fun too. I actually, because it's just the way it makes me, that's just the way I tick. But, I, like, I get a lot, of, a lot of fun out of it too. But sometimes it can shit me to death. Well, I think it's also the fact that, you know, who you are on the field, you're the same person, but there's a different mentality. Yeah. And, you know, like I was, I was telling you, a mate of mine, played some footy against you growing up like locally and he said to me what's Lomax like in real life (laughs) he goes because god he was a prick on the field because he's just so good (laughs) he's like he was so like confident and cocky on the field because he was so and he's like he had every right to be because he was great but he's like I always just thought that maybe that was kind of how he was in (laughs) in life too and he's like then I seen him hanging out with you and a bit of a compliment he gave me he goes driver doesn't hang out with dickheads (laughs) yeah so it's yeah, funny how true. that mentality can be different yeah. on the field and, and it almost has to be. Yeah. You know, you don't, you know, you don't get props for opening the door 
for someone to score a try on the field. Yeah. But in life, you know, you open the door for the old lady who's walking behind you. You know, you're not re- relentless mm. in life like that too. Yeah, of course. I'm definitely a mummy's boy. Yeah, like, you are for sure. Yeah, I'm definitely a mummy's boy. So, I don't know. Like, I mean, off the field, I can... It's it's funny. Everyone's so different. Some people can be so different on the field, but, you know, their, their traits definitely come out. Still a part of them. Yeah, of course. Talk to me about that third person at the dinner table. This one is that can be an athlete, but doesn't have to be. If I was just going to go knowledge based on who I'd want it, oh, I'd have to pick probably two more. Okay. Add an I, extra seat. Yeah, I would, if I had to go knowledge, just on someone that I would love to just sit down and wouldn't be able to talk enough to them, would be Denzel and Morgan Freeman one thing I love about Denzel I feel like all I do on this podcast when I speak to you boys is just drop quotes from those people you mentioned yeah I love there's a great Denzel quote he says ease is a greater threat to progress than hardship yeah and I'm like fuck isn't that bang on like it's what we spoke about before right like those hardships those lessons you learn through hardship are really forming to be the man that you want to be yeah you know, I love I love those stories and I find so much inspiration like for me personally and a big part of the reason I do the podcast is I've learned the greatest lessons in life from other people through hearing their story yeah and in hearing someone's story you pick up that actionable insight like you know how did they face that challenge or how did they face that little piece of adversity in their life and what can I learn from the way that they face that and I think that's the the beauty of of storytelling right we're all just teaching each other things as we move along and you know hopefully i learn lessons from you as you face challenges in life that when those challenges become present in mind i know how to handle them and how to to deal with them and keep my head held high and hopefully vice versa you know as we sort of wrap up here you know i feel really blessed for our friendship because you know there is there is don't get me wrong there is plenty of banter there there is plenty of this is the most serious conversation you know i've ever had you reckon it's up there. It's up there. It's up there. Yeah. There's usually that little like we chip away at each other a little bit, but I'm always very thankful for the fact that the base of everything we discuss is always that trying to help each other be better men. And that's the thing that it's always trying about. Trying to grow and, you know, being able to have that fun in that journey and enjoy yeah. and take the piss out of each other along the way. Yeah. And that that's the thing that it's always been like. It's always how can you help me? How can I help you? And that's why we click straight away and that's all it's ever been about. It's like, well, I'm always thinking for you and you're always thinking for me and that's why, yeah, we get along so well and, and I love it. Like, it sort of take or it takes away me from footy. I don't need to worry too much about footy. You probably don't think too much about your your yeah. job and how it's going. It just, it just clicks. It's just easy, you know, and, and it's effortless, which helps. For like, sure. It's like... There's no, there's no effort that needs to be put in. It just happens. It just happens naturally, which is almost how you play your, you do your podcast. It all, you you just speak naturally, like, and you can just have conversations with pe- people naturally. Where I can just play football naturally, and when I'm doing it naturally, I play my best footy. For sure. And in that's, that flow that's, state. That's like our, that's like our friendship, which which is all sort of it all marries up together in, in the end which is which is pretty cool but 
except for your, your golf game. I'm yet to see your golf game, and I heard that you can't. You're not. You're not too yeah. great. You've heard some pretty accurate stories. <laughs> but let me tell you, you're the best cinnamon scroll leader I've ever seen. Let me tell you. <laughs> That's Without rich coming breathing. from the bloke who has one every time or else. Um, With a different coffee every day, you do that one. <laughs> Such a pleasure to be sitting here having another conversation on the pod, not just a conversation in life. I do want to give you one last opportunity, though, before we leave. We said there's going to be a lot of people right now who are reading articles and and seeing stories with your name plastered across papers and, and news articles everywhere. You know, they're going to read what they're going to read. I would like to say that not many people know you like I know you. I want to ask you now, in your own words... What's a message that you want to leave with the people who are listening, who are watching this, to understand and to put at the actual top of their their research list right now about where you're at and what's to come? For me, it's... And my mum says this to me a lot and she actually sent me a video of it not too long ago. But for what's to come and what I believe in is... And what my mum always says to me, when it when a door closes, a window opens. Don't focus and get hung up on the door, but worry about the window. And it all ends up happening how it's supposed to happen. So that's what I'm focusing on. And I'll just be smiling in the meantime and hanging around people that I love. And life's good. I love it, brother. Thanks so much for being a part of the show. Love you. Love you. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of A Lot To Talk About. It means the world that you guys are in my corner, that you continue to listen to the show every week. And if you could do me a massive favor by following the podcast on whichever platform you listen to it and sharing this episode in particular with just one friend that you feel would benefit from it, that would mean the world to me and it would help the show grow. The more the show grows, the bigger the guests we get on the more that we can do and the more we can share and support you guys, the listeners, the viewers of the show. Before I go, I want to pay my respects and recognise the traditional custodians of the land on which we meet and record this podcast. The Aboriginal culture has such a rich history and storytelling and as a passionate storyteller, I really hope that the stories we share and connect with on the show can allow the many cultures that now call this beautiful land Australia their home to come together and continue to respect the stories and the culture that make this the land it is today. Thank you so much for tuning in to A Lot To Talk About. I'll catch you next week.